In this video, I'm gonna cover with you three property strategies. The first one is rent to rent. And this is a good one, by the way, especially if you haven't got the capital to get started. The second one is new builds. This is a good one because it helps you scale up and it's really good margins and you can become a property developer and have your own construction company if you've got the appetite to do so. And the third one is lease option agreements. So watch the video, share your comments, click like, click subscribe and ask as many questions as you like. Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. This is video four in a compilation of videos on property strategies. Now there's a lot of strategies out there, but I'm only covering the main ones for you. So in video one, I covered buy to let, because that's where most people usually start. In video two, uh, you've got HMOs, service accommodation, and BRRR. And in video three, you've got commercial conversions, flips, and JVs. Now if you're aware of these strategies, or if you want to learn more about them, or you haven't heard of them, Click the link up here and you can watch all three videos and get used to or get understand uh, these different strategies. Today I'm going to cover for you three additional strategies and they are rent to rent, new builds and lease options. And I'm going to introduce you to each three of them so you'll have a better understanding and I think it's important you don't focus on one particular strategy because you'll know from experience having all your eggs in one basket isn't a good idea. So to have two or three strategies usually is good and most people generally speaking have one main strategy which where they focus 70% of their time on, a second one where they focus 20% of their time and a third one 10% of their time. Now you don't have to be that stringent in terms of 70, 20, 10 by the way. You could do 50, 30, 20, 50, 25, 25 or whatever works for you. But having more than one strategy is a very good idea. Now let's start with the first one for today, which is rent to rent. Now most people think they need a lot of cash in order to get started in property because they think they need a deposit, they need to pay for legal fees, uh, mortgage arrangement, valuation, uh, stamp duty, land tax, although the arrangement fees can be added to the loan, but they think they need a, a big chunk of cash to get started. And that's true if you're buying your, your own properties, okay, but there is a concept out there which is using other people's assets. And that's where rent to rent comes in. So you find somebody who has a property, but they either can't rent out uh, or they like you and they want you to look after that property for them and they give it to you and you rent it for them. The fantastic thing from your point of view is you don't need to buy the property. So the assets there, you agree a deal with them where you pay them a fixed amount of rent every single month and then you rent it out to somebody else. Hence why it's called rent to rent. So you're renting an asset uh, both from the owner, but you're renting it to an occupier as well. What you need to do is make sure there's a margin for you in terms of the rent you're receiving in and the rent you're paying out. Because the last thing you want to do is agree a fixed rent you're paying to the landlord or the owner and then not have enough income coming in where you're making a loss every single month. That's a bad place to be. So make sure you understand the margins and make sure there's a margin of error there for you in terms of the rent coming in and the rent going out. 
Uh, and the way to make it work usually is you'll have a fixed-term agreement or a short-term lease with the owner where you pay them a certain amount of rent every single month uh, based on uh, the size of the house and the market value. You'll then rent it out uh, as single rooms or as a HMO, so, you, so you, you'll charge rent per room. So you could, let's say, be paying the landlord a thousand pounds a month, and let's say it's got four rooms uh, in the house, and you could be renting each uh, room out for, say, uh, 400, 450 pounds a month. And so if you've got four rooms, you're making between 16 to 1800 pounds. You've got an 800 pound margin there to pay for all the other costs, and of course, for your profit. That's how it usually works, but make sure you know the numbers, because once you've signed a lease agreement, you've made a commitment, you're going to have to stick to it, unless there's a break clause there, so do not enter into this without understanding the entire obligations, responsibilities, and liabilities. Now you might be thinking, why would a landlord want to give me a property on a fixed term basis? Generally speaking, maybe they've had bad experience with tenants, maybe they've had bad experience with letting agents, maybe the property's not been in very good condition, maybe they just don't want all that hassle uh, and there's been lots of voids. So they're saying, I just want to give to one person who's gonna give me fixed rent over a fixed period of time, and that's all what I want. Now that's not gonna work for everybody because some people may want to manage it themselves or they don't mind the additional headache that comes with it. But there are people out there who just want to get rent and they want passive income and they don't want the hassle with it. And that's where you come in. That's where you can make your margin. The benefit for you, of course, is you can get into the world of property investing without using much or any of your cash. And of course, you can get started very, very quickly if you find the right opportunities. And it's a fantastic way to scale. Because if you think about it, let's say you're buying a buy-to-let property, and let's say the value of the property is 100,000 pounds, and you've got to put down a 25% uh, deposit because the loan-to-value is 75%. Well, how many 25,000 pounds have you got? depends obviously on your income and your ability to raise the capital. With rent to rent, you don't need that 25,000 pounds. You'll need a smaller sum based on how much work the property may need. So you can scale up very, very quickly. Within a year, you can have 10, 15, 20 rent to rent properties quite easily. And if you look at the margins that I talked about earlier, if you're making 800 pounds margin per property per month before all of the costs, let's say the net margin for you is 400 pounds, per property times 12 gives you 4,800. And if you've got 10 properties, that's 48,000 pounds. You can do the math and, and, and work out if you're adding 10 properties every single year over five years, you're gonna make a huge amount of profit uh, or a decent amount of profit at least anyway. And you'll have happy landlords who are getting their rent on time. You'll have happy tenants who've got their rooms and you're looking after them. And in, in between as the intermediary, you'll be happy because everything's working just fine. The things that you need to be aware of, of course, is it's not your property, so you don't get the capital growth. Uh, as you get busier, you'll need to employ people who can help you manage the business. Uh, I know some people out there who just want to work on their own. So if employing people isn't uh, the thing for you, then either you have, you'll have a small rent-to-rent -rent business or this might not be the right strategy for you. Uh, and the third one is not everybody is up for rent-to-rent -rent in terms of the owner or the landlord. So you need to make sure you're talking to lots of people 
because there's only a small pool of people who are interested in rent to rent so you need to go out there and find them and do those deals number two is new builds and one of my favorite strategies uh, and you may or may not know right now we're building 49 houses in Bicker in Boston if you haven't seen those videos click this link here and you'll see an update of exactly where we are and what we're going through now how this generally speaking works there's quite a few different variations I'm not going to cover all of them for you but the options are you either buy a piece of land without planning so there's uh, a great deal of speculation involved there or you buy a piece of land without line planning and then take it through reserved matters and detailed planning or the third one is you find a land owner who either has planning or doesn't have planning and you enter into an option agreement or a JV agreement with them so you use their land and your expertise to build it out now if you're buying land without planning it is risky and that's why it's highly speculative you need to make sure you do all your research have a good planning con consultant speak to the local authority and go into this whole uh, venture with your eyes open this is where I see people making a lot of mistakes so if you're new to it I would recommend you probably don't go down that particular avenue uh, especially buying the land having an option agreement possibly but if you, even if you have an option agreement if you're going through uh, uh, planning it might cost you anywhere from say 30,000 upwards and 30,000 is a low figure by the way depending on uh, the size of the land uh, and if you've spent all that money and planning doesn't go through uh, you're obviously going to not be a very happy person so bear that in mind uh, if you buy land without land planning so you'll have to pay a bit more for it than you would if you just bought it as uh, land without planning but at least you've got the confidence that uh, through the reserved matters process you are going to get full detailed planning uh, and the third option obviously is doing it with the landowner and that you kind of share the risk but at least there's no initial outlay of capital you might have to pay for the planning or you can get them to pay half for the planning you pay half of the planning uh, and that would work well once you've done that you then also need to make sure you work out the numbers so you need to do a detailed appraisal with a quantity surveyor working out exactly how much it's going to cost you so right now uh, everything's going up in price uh, and certain materials and items are very hard to get hold of bricks concrete timber frame uh, roof tiles many other things uh, you've got to order in bulk uh, and you got to order well in advance so make sure you do the numbers if you get the numbers wrong it's going to cost you a lot of money and you might end up making a loss alongside that of course you then got to work out the gdv and the end price uh, so talk to some local agents do your own research uh, and make sure that the market value figures tie up now alongside that you've got to do ground reports site inspection lots of other things uh, to make sure you know exactly the state of the land and how much work is required because the last thing you want to do is buy uh, a piece of land you've got the outline planning you've got detailed planning and then you haven't done a, a, a site report or an inspection and you find out well it needs piling and piling is going to cost you £250,000 and on, based on your numbers you're going to make a £300,000 profit but if two fifty dollars going to piling you've you only got fifty grand left and as the uh, project progresses what you're going to find out is there's other costs that you probably hadn't thought of or the project takes longer therefore it costs you more money therefore there's no profit in it so you've got to make sure you do the due diligence well up front in advance and if you haven't done this before don't go and try and build 25 houses I'd say start off small build two or three houses get used to the process get used to having contractors 
or builders, subcontractors working for you, and as you get experience, then go on to the bigger projects. Then you need to think about, do I want to sell all the houses, or do I want to keep all of them, or do I want to a bit of both? And there's some different tax consequences for that, so you need to be aware of that. Uh, because uh, keeping the houses as investment, selling them will be trading, uh, and if you mix the two, uh, you may have to pay some tax uh, in terms of a, a dry tax charge. But what you can also, of course, do is sell all the houses uh, to a local housing association. So you might want to enter into a contract with them where you give them uh, the end product, and that could work well for you. They will obviously buy the whole lot from you, uh, or you could speak to a, a portfolio landlord, uh, and they might buy uh, all the houses from you, or you might speak to two or three portfolio landlords, and they might take uh, a certain chunk uh, of the development from you. You also need to obviously bear in mind uh, the section 106 costs, and also, of course, uh, the affordable housing element. And if, you're, if you've got the outline planning in place, then those numbers will be there. If you haven't, then you'll need to enter into a negotiation with a local authority. This is a very involved strategy. It's going to take time, expertise. You'll need experts on board. So for this particular strategy, go into it with your eyes open, uh, because this is a fantastic strategy. It works incredibly well, but a lot of people who don't know property well enough or aren't experienced can tend to lose a lot of money. So it's one of my most favorite strategies, hence why we're building 49 houses in Bicca, uh, but it is involved. So if you're really new to property, I'd say probably don't start with new builds, start with buy-to-lets or deal sourcing or rent-to-rent or something else and get used to everything in terms of the working in the property sector before you go into new builds. And our final one now, which is lease options, which is basically uh, a lease with an option to purchase. Here what you do is you find somebody who is open to selling their house and you may not have the ability to buy it right now or they might not want to sell it right now. So you enter into a lease, let's just call it a five year lease for now. So you lease it from them for five years and at the end of that lease period, you have an option to buy the property. Now, it doesn't have to be at the end, by the way. You can have an open-ended option. When I say open-ended, I mean open-ended in terms of the term of the lease. So at any point within uh, that lease, you have the option to buy the property. Now, you can carve this up in a, in a different way. Sometimes what people do is say, we'll pay you a monthly amount, and that monthly amount will get deducted from the end sales price. Other people pay a monthly amount and uh, you pay that as rent with the option to obviously buy the property at the end. So what they're really doing is, it's a hybrid of a rent to rent. So they're paying a fixed rent amount, turning into an, an HMO for example, renting it out individually as rooms for uh, a number of years. And at the end of that period or at any point during that period, they then end up buying the property from the landlord at a fixed price. I mean, you could do it at a market price, but usually it's better to fix the price up front. Now you might be thinking, why would a landlord want to do this? But some people have got a property, they're fed up of it, they can't sell it, therefore they just want to do a deal on it. Other people can't keep up the mortgage repayments, they're struggling, they're behind, they're in default. So they're just thinking, I'd rather somebody takes over, pays me a fixed amount every single month, that covers my mortgage, and at some point in the future, they want to buy the property, they'll take it off my hands, it works fine. There could be two parties who are going through a divorce, they just want to get this property out of the estate, uh, and so they can move on. 
there might be open to doing lease option agreements and there are other variations of and reasons why somebody would want to do a lease option why it's good for you of course is it gets you into the property creates some cash flow for you if you're doing the rent to rent model and then it gives you enough time to be able to source the capital to buy the property at some point in the future and depending on how you do the deal if you're paying monthly and that's going to reduce the overall uh, end price for you then of course you you, you can save up every single month uh, in terms of the rent that comes in and you, at the at the end when you buy the property let's say you agree to buy for 150 grand and if you pay 10,000 pounds off every single year for the first five years then year five you only need to find another hundred thousand pounds to buy the property and of course that could be uh, by way of mortgage so it's a good way for you to get onto the property ladder it's a good way for you to help people who've got major problems usually the people who enter into lease options they've got some kind of a situation circumstance problem issue challenge uh, so they're willing to just do a, a deal to get out of that particular property so you need to find those people and not every this isn't going to work for everybody but you need to find people who have those problems and then obviously get to them with a solution and the lease option needs to be drawn up properly so you need a good solicitor commercial solicitor who knows about land property and lease option agreements so that it is watertight so it protects you and it's very clear to the seller exactly how things are going to work and like i said you'll have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find uh, a prince so uh, not everybody is up for this strategy but there are people out there who it's gonna work for your job is to find them but it is a good good strategy in terms of getting you onto the uh, property ladder into the property market and it works incredibly well especially once you work out the nuances and you've got a good uh, legal advisor or solicitor who can assist you with really good lease option agreements so that's 10 strategies covered so far and there's more to come if you like the video so far don't forget to click subscribe so you get notified every time a new video comes out post a comment sharing your experiences but also if you have any questions ask the questions i'll happily answer them and if i can't answer them by the way there are other people obviously who are part of this youtube channel and other subscribers they'll happily share their input with you uh, so what's not to like thanks for listening to wealth made simple you can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.